in the suburbs of Gotham City is the home of Bruce Wayne. Only the faithful Alfred knows what lies beneath the house. Those relentless crusaders for law and order, Batman and Robin. Welcome to the latest installment of the Dork Knights, the podcast that the internet deserves, but not the one it needs. As usual, I am your host, MB, and joining me is the clobbering to my time, the amazing to my Spider-Man, and the incredible to my Hulk, Birdman. Good day, sir. Good to be back. Good morning. And yes, it is good to be back, because we've been away for about a month now. Yes. Well, actually, over a month. Now that I think Has it been over a month? I thought, like, our last show we did, the Dark Knight spoiler cast, we did that, like, what, on Friday? No, I... Out? Did no, 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 no. I meant, I meant uh, of regular Dork Knights. Oh, of regular Dork Knights. Yeah, okay. Regular Dork Knight. Okay. Yes. Yeah, because as you people may remember, at you people being, you know, the listeners. The hell you mean, you people? What do you mean, you people? Don't don't worry about it. <laughs> I meant Nabisco's. <laughs> I, I kind of figured you did, but yeah. um, as people know, we spent the last month doing Bat Month, which was, you know. I would say it was a pretty good success. Um, yeah. Not in terms of like making money or anything, because we're <laughs> we're still flat broke. Yeah. Um, if you don't get into this game to make money. You get into this game to talk and make witty, homoerotic banner with each other. Yeah, and we've cornered the market on that. I would say. <laughs> yes. But yeah, we spent the entire month talking about Batman and nothing about Batman, nothing else except Batman. I mean to say. Yep. And it turns out we still haven't got it out of our system. <laughs> no, we found that out uh, even before we started the show. Yep. Literally, right before we started recording, we were in the middle of another Batman conversation. Yes. Like, you would you would think, and I tallied it up, somewhere around, like, the 600-minute mark. Is That's how long all of them are? I think so. Something wow. like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I did the tallies one night, and I lost the numbers, but... We talked some serious Dark Knight, and as a result of it, we are that much further away from Pussy. Cat. Yes, yes. Pussy cat. Uh, I just wanted to make a Catwoman reference there. Yeah, yeah. That was, that was more of an awesome power reference, but... Oh, it was. I'll was still, it? Damn it. I'll still give it to you. Just the Pussy I've been looking for there. I'll quote it. <laughs> Once again, we can't get it out of our systems. Yes. Damn you, Danny DeVito, in your sexy penguin nose and black goo. Exactly. Damn you and your killing of children. Yes. Give me a flipper job, you beautiful bastard. <laughs> but we're back. We are back to regularly scheduled programming. We're back to whatever the hell it was that we did before. I'm I'm still not sure, but yeah, no we're back sure. to doing it. We're back yeah. to doing it. That's the important thing. You know, we are back to doing what we love to do. And to celebrate the occasion, we actually have a rather regular segment to yes, bring back to, bring back to the fold. Yep. So, and if you will, would you introduce the intro? MB and I proudly present the latest installment of the Historical Fight Club. Gentlemen, welcome to Fight Club. We shall fight on the seas and oceans. We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. The only thing we have to fear is fear 
I still love that intro. I know. I made I, it, you know. That's why I love it so much. <laughs> if I had made it, it would, it would be complete. Oh, it, it wouldn't be shit. <laughs> shit to piss on. <laughs> or if Hero made it. Oh, if Hero made it, I would, oh, don't even get me started on what I do. <laughs> you go to Alabama to personally kick his ass? No, well, I do some to his ass. Maybe not kick it. <laughs> you go all PJ on it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right, let's, let's, let's move on. <laughs> on that, if we can. Yeah, we're doing the latest historical Fight Club. Yes, sir. and and per my request, you haven't told me who the two competitors are. Yes, usual request, like keep you in the dark if possible. Yeah, because I which think... isn't it usually isn't too hard to do though. Yeah, it's not because I am so lazy that I don't care to look up anything that we yeah. do. But but this, but this one I especially didn't want to tell you just because of I know. You're not too big into certain history, but there's certain things I know you know about. And one of the people tonight for this episode, you know a little bit about. So without further ado, I'll introduce the contestants for tonight. In this corner, oh, I'm trying to do my radio voice. The old-timey boxer voice, I can't do it. But anyway, and what, <laughs> You could do all those other voices during Bat Month, but not yeah, that. <laughs> just because, you know, now if it was the boxer guy doing, you know... A monologue is Jim Gordon, you know. <laughs> then you might have been able to do it. Um, but in this, in one corner, we have um, Caligula, the third emperor of the Roman Empire. Oh shit! Born twelve A.D., died forty-one A.D. Oh shit! And the other corner, the man who will face off tonight, his opponent, Vlad Tepes Dracula. A.K.A. Vlad the Impaler, the Prince of Wallachia, born 1431, died 1476. My God. I know both of these people. I knew, especially Dracula. I know you're a huge Dracula fan. And I am, yeah. A few weeks ago, I said I had the perfect guy you know, I wanted to use. And actually, while we were talking, you, you said something about Dracula. That's why I kind of tried to play it off, you know. <laughs> I was... By the way you reacted, I was actually kind of wondering if that was one of the people you you had chosen, and I thought I thought maybe if that was that you would try and change it. But um, I'm actually glad to see that you kept it. Yes. But Caligula, I also know a little bit about because of the famous Malcolm McDowell film. You, that you've seen the movie. I haven't seen the movie. I've seen parts of it. Mm-hmm. A lot of porn. A lot of vomiting. Yeah, part of the movie was directed by the guy who created Penthouse. So. You know, the porn stuff is to be, you know, expected. Yeah, and a lot of incest, so I'm sure you'd be a fan of it. <laughs> I have to look at this movie. Look at this <laughs> um, So, you know, as per usual, we run down the tail of the tape. You get a, some biographical information. A lot of biographical information is me, after all. Yeah, and... It's two men. And just for reference, um, if I need to remind anyone, Dracula isn't real. So yes, yeah. well, yeah, Vlad Dracula is real. Yeah, yeah, Vlad the Impaler was certainly real, and he yeah. left. Some oh, pretty... definitely, definitely, this motherfucker was real as real gets. Yeah, he left a pretty, he left a pretty big impression on people. I would yeah. say that he he has a legacy that will not be soon forgotten. Yes. Um. So, I would defer to you. Who would you like me to start with? Well, since I have a leg up on Vlad the Impaler, I would say start with Caligula. Okay. 
We will start with Caligula. All right, as I say, Caligula was the third emperor of the Roman Empire. Um, Caligula is not actually his name. Uh, Caligula was his nickname. Um, his really his birth name was Gaius Julius Caesar, and you know that sounds like someone we've all heard before in history mentioned many times. But the name C- uh, Gaius, especially, was a very common name uh, among Romans. It's like the Roman equivalent of John. Um, and Caesar, he was, his last name was Caesar. But you have to remember, Caesar was like his great uncle, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so naturally he was named, a lot of people, especially after Caesar, a lot of people with the name Gaius Julius Caesar pops up over history. Um, yeah, the movie actually portrays him as pretty much trying to aspire to be Caesar. Yeah. Rather than Um, actually being him. And as far as Caligula's family, his father was Germanicus. And Germanicus was a, um, he was... (laughs) He was a German dude. Well, listen, he was a, a general in the Roman army. His mother, uh, Agrippina, she was the grand great granddaughter. She was the granddaughter. I'm sorry of uh, Augustus, who was the first emperor of the Roman Empire. So, yeah, you know, he comes from this family. It's one of the biggest dynasties, like in Rome. Uh, like Caesar come from it. Like I said, Augustus, all kinds of rulers of Rome had been part of this family. It's um, like the it's like the Roman version of Dallas. <laughs> kind of. Well, I compare it almost as if like. The if the in America if the Kennedys and the Bushes like if their lines crossed and they yeah. had families you know they would be like this family, but um his name Caligula is Latin it means little boots and it comes because when his family you know was they they traveled with his father during his campaigns and stuff and uh, his mother would dress him up as a soldier and like the the, the other soldiers would call him Little Boots because, you know, he was a little guy and dressed up like a soldier. They thought he was cute, you know. Mm-hmm. He would later behead those men. <laughs> nah, um, but, That's, uh, I wouldn't be surprised, no, Caligula. But in 19 AD, when Caligula is like seven, um, his father dies in Syria. And, you know, today, to this day, the circumstances of his death are kind of weird. They're suspicious because people thought he was poisoned. And the reason he, they think he was poisoned, the emperor at the time, Tiberius, he had him poisoned. Um, the reason why is because, like, Caligula, uh, not Caligula, Germanicus, he went up to modern-day Germany. Um, and he fought barbarians. And he just kicked so much ass. and He was so popular with the people that he was, uh, Tiberius was afraid that Germanicus would try to make a power play or something and become the emperor. So, in a preemptive stance, he had him killed. And uh, Germanicus' wife, Caligula's mother, Agrippina, she kind of started you know, going around telling people, hey, look, this motherfucker, he murdered my husband, you know. And you, you, Fuck his couch. You go around telling people that the emperor murdered your husband. It's not going to end up well for you. So, what Tiberius did was Tiberius had her and Caligula's two older brothers arrested. Um, he declared them enemies in the empire, and he forced them to commit suicide. Um, that's you know that was a common execution style. It was much more embarrassing, you know, sh- uh, shameful for you to kill yourself than to uh, um, be killed. You know, yeah. they they would do that and say, hey, either you kill yourself or we kill you. We kill your whole fucking family. So choose. That's how they did it. <laughs> or you can have option C. Yeah. Um, but uh, Caligula. 
was spared because he was so young. So were his sisters because they were girls. But he goes to live with his grandparents, uh, his father's grandparents. They were prominent, you know, people. And one of them was the emperor's widow, uh, Augustus. But anyway, he, he, he lives, you know, pretty normal life, I guess, what could pass for normal. And at the age of 19, Tiberius, the emperor, he calls him. He, said, he, he comes to, you know, he calls for Caligula to come and live with him. And so he lives with Caligula. Uh, Caligula lives with Tiberius for six years, and he hated Tiberius because the guy was responsible for killing his father, his mother, his brothers. You know, he yeah. ruined his family. Yeah. And like he had to play nice with this guy, like smile and be nice to him, um, because there's a story that he'd come real close to assassinating him. Like one night as he slept, Caligula went in, was going to stab him, but like he backed out at the last minute. But um, but while he was with Tiberius, he watched it, seen how the emperor was done. You know, he watched and he waited, and he made a bunch of allies with the people in the Senate. And there's this guy named Macro, and Macro was Tiberius's right hand man. He was like the captain of the guard, the Praetorian Guard, which is kind of like the city watch. They were they were elite soldiers. They were if you were going to try to do something shady in Rome, they were the people you wanted in your corner. But um, so eventually, uh, Tiberius. He says Caligula and Tiberius' own grandson, Jamilus, they would be when when Tiberius dies, they will be they will they will be co emperors. They will rule the empire together, is what he declares. And he dies in thirty seven AD. And as soon as he dies, Caligula uses all his contacts, his allies, to have his will thrown out, to have Tiberius' will thrown out. They say he was crazy when he made it. Jamelus don't get shit, and Caligula, you are now the sole emperor of the Roman Empire. And so they had Jamelus executed, and Caligula was given absolute power to the Roman Empire. And he was given absolute power at the age of 24. Well, that's kind of a... kind of not a good idea, actually. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I mean, only, I'm only two years away from being 24, and I, yeah. I, I can safely say don't give me a country. I am 24, and I can say, give me a country, please. <laughs> but you're not saying it'd be a good idea. Yeah, I'm just saying, give it to me. <laughs> I want it. Um, but yeah, uh, like I said, Caligula, 24, he takes over. And with that, I'll move over to Vlad to give you some idea about his past. Um, now, the thing is with Vlad, though, is that isn't most of his past up to speculation, like with Blackbeard? Some of it. Um, there's some stuff we know, um, but like, all right, Vlad, he's born in 1431, which is like modern day Transylvania. Um, hell, he was ruler of this, of this land called Valachia, or Valachia, I think that's how you pronounce it. Um, Valachia, Transylvania, Moldavia, like today they make up what is Romania, those three former countries. Um, his father was part of the Order of the Dragon. They were like a... They were an organization in Eastern Europe that fought Muslims, because Muslim influence in Eastern Europe was very heavy, and they were Christians. And Vlad's father was named... He was the Dragon, and so his title was. And Dragon... And <laughs> I'm sorry, but... <laughs> I know, I know what you're thinking, but the Dragon in, like, uh, the ancient... The whatever language they spoke... Maybe it was Romanian, is Dracul. 
Yeah. That's how you say it. And so Vlad would call himself Vlad Dracula, which means son of dragon. And that's where you get Dracula from. Yeah, and all of this is actually in the uh, Francis Ford Coppola Dracula movie. Oh, it is? Yeah, uh, they have his entire backstory where, cool. you know, he was a knight of the dragons. And... Yeah. But, um, so yeah, um, Vlad's father, he becomes ruler of Valachia in 1436. And six years later, um, the rival factions in the country, and Hungary, Hungary was a country next door. They had him removed from the throne because, see, the thing with Valachia is that it was kind of like in between a rock and a hard place. Like, on one side, you had the Hunger, uh, the Hungarian kingdom, and on the other side, you had the entire Ottoman Turk Empire. And both sides were, like, squeezing Valachia. Both sides wanted the country, and Valachia was, you know, kind of a backwater. Yeah. But, um, but anyway, um, so Vlad's father was kicked off the throne. And so he didn't know what to do, and he wanted to get back. So what he did was he went to the Turks, Ottoman Empire. He said, all right, look, I, will, I want to be king again. So what can I do to be king? He said, all right, well, here's, what, what you'll do is you'll pay us money. You'll pay us money right now, and when you become king, you'll pay the Ottomans. A, you'll pay us a tax every year until, you, until you know, from now until the end of time, you know, you and every ruler. And also, we want your two sons. As hostages, you know, wards, insurance. Like I mentioned when we did the Henry Henry the Fifth one, that it was customary in nobility they would they would send um, their sons and stuff to live with other people when they would make deals, hmm. because you know they said you know you make you know, this it's sort of like a contract you know if you broke the contract then they would kill your sons, hmm. you know if you had like a peace alliance or something you know. So it was more like a preemptive thing to send them away. Yeah, he sent him away to live with the Turks. It's like, you know, show of good faith. Like, here, take my only two sons, my only two legitimate sons, and, um, you know, if if I act up, act out, act a fool, you can kill him. And, yeah, you can kill him. It's, it's cool. It's yeah. Cool. And so what's interesting is that, um, you know, he became emperor. I mean, he became emperor. He became king of Lekki again. So Vlad and his younger brother, Radu, they were sent to Turkey. And while they were in Turkey, like, Radu was, he was very subservient, and he he fit in well in Turkey. Vlad didn't. He was defiant. He tried to run away. He was always, like, for, he was always insubordinate, so they beat him pretty, pretty often to try to, you know, knock some uh, good manners into him. But while he was doing this, his brother, eventually, he, he converted to Islam, and he became, like, the right-hand man of the sultan. Whereas Vlad, like I said, was just beaten constantly, you know, and... <laughs> so so it's like one brother, you know, ascends to greater things, the other's kind of a redheaded stepchild. Yeah, and, like, Vlad, the way he was treated, the way the Turks treated him, um, as well as the way his father just threw him away and his, the way his brother kind of, you know, betrayed him, you know, that kind of led to him not only not liking his father or his brother, but... From then on out, he hated the Turks and the Ottoman Empire. He would do anything he could, you know, to kill as many Turks as possible. Mm-hmm. From then on, um, so eventually, like a couple years later, his father was murdered by the nobles in Valachia. You know, they murdered him. They tried to take the throne, and the Ottoman Sultan um, he sees this as a chance to do something. 
and he 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 sees it as a chance to put in a new ruler in Valachia that will follow his orders. So he sends Vlad, he sends Vlad out. Oh wow, really? Yeah. Uh, instead of you would think, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, someone has, who would follow his orders. Yeah, you think you know one brother with the one who's completely subservient, but I don't know exactly what led to him deciding that. But he sent Vlad out. He was drunk. <laughs> he was high on poppies. So you, 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 no, 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 not you, 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 yeah, you, you go and rule that. You, you three guys right there, the three of you go, go. But, um, <laughs> it's like there's only one person in the room, Sultan. Yeah. <laughs> But so he goes back home and he fights in the Civil War, and so, so three years later, he ends up victorious, and he takes the throne of Valachia. Oh shit! And his first move is he you know, fuck, fuck the Ottoman Empire. That's what he decrees, you know. <laughs> That's the exact decree. He wrote exact it down. Exact decree. It, like there's a drawing they send to the Sultan. It's Vlad like flipping him the bird. You know, fuck <laughs> you, man. <laughs> Um, There's a crude drawing of him, you know, <laughs> doing his wife. Yeah. <laughs> He's got like an arrow pointed to it, your wife, my <laughs> penis. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, at this time he was barely 25. And at barely 25 years old, he takes over as Prince of Valachia. Jesus Christ. It's like it's like the opposite side of the same coin with these two. Yeah, but see this thing, though. Both these guys, like we mentioned before, like with like with Henry, you know, Back in this day, people lived like 40, was as old as you lived, you know? Yeah. So 25, he was kind of, damn, man, you, you're kind of slow. You got to... <laughs> you got to pick he's up... He's already middle-aged, you know, at this yeah. point. But, um... Yeah, sooner or later, he's going to die from diarrhea. Yeah. Um, so, with... I'm trying to think if I should move on to... All right, I'll give one more about Vlad. Um, so, when he took over... As king, his first move was to strengthen the country's defenses. He was going to war with the Turks, so he was getting ready. So what he did was, in addition to strengthening his defenses, he plotted on how to strengthen the, the country. And his first step was against the nobles who had become corrupt. They'd become petty, squabbling, you know. They divided the country instead of uniting it. Those were the same men who had led to, who had conspired to kill his father. And while he, Vlad hated his father, you know, still his father, and they they murdered him. So, yeah. what he did was he called all of Valachia's nobles to this big feast to celebrate, you know, his honor of being crowned the new king. And so what he did was he let them eat. You know, they ate good, and after it was over with, he you know, snapped his fingers. And all these armed guards coming in. He's like, all right, we're going for a walk. And so what he did was he walked these guys like miles and miles and miles to uh, this castle he had he had uh, wanted made. It was called Castle Castle Dracula. And so what he did was the nobles he worked them day and night, you know, to build his castle for him. You know, mm-hmm. slave labor with these guys, and many of them died. And those that didn't die when the castle was done. Vlad had him impaled. And of course. Impaling, of course, Vlad the Impaler. And, yeah, and uh, what what happens when you impale the well, nose yeah, I, was, I was I was gonna yeah, I've got like a little thing on impaling. What you would do when you'd impale someone is it, it was a two man job, impaling. 
you know, they had special contractors they'd call in. You know, Vlad Vlad had a roofing guy, he had a plumbing guy, but it was his it was his impaling guy that really got shit done. If you were an impaler, if you're an impaler contractor in Vallecchia, you you had it made, you know. <laughs> yeah. You and like your buddy your buddy who got the drywall, he was fucked. But <laughs> the impaler. He had a good thing going. But um <laughs> There was a business, you know, called Impaler and Sons. Impalers are us. <laughs> but um so what they would do is you get two executioners. One would hold the person down, while the other one would take this long wooden stake, and they would stick it. It depend depend on the person. You know, men and women were impaled, so you would either shove it like in the you would start in either in their mouth, their rectum, or in some cases with women their vagina. And so what you do is you would put it in there at the edge of the hole, and you would just start driving it in with a sledgehammer. God damn. Drive it in deeper, and after you it went in deep enough, what they would do was they would take the stake and they would prop you up and stick it in the ground, and you would be mounted on the stake. And you know, as you were strung up vertically, like gravity would take hold, and you would slide down the pole. The you know your body would. Mm-hmm. And there were different ways you could uh, impale someone. Like Vlad's preferred method of, inva- of impaling, it was um, you bled as little as possible. So you would be impaled on this stick and still be alive. And the impaling, would it was excruciatingly, excruciatingly painful, but the impaling didn't kill you. You would stay on the stake alive for like days, days, until eventually exposure and dehydration is what killed you. Oh, God. And splinters. And splinters. Spl- oh, God, yeah. Spl- I got a splinter in my thumb. I can't stand it. Imagine getting a splinter in my colon. Or, or your vagina. Oh, yeah, especially my vagina. Jesus. I mean, goddamn, your your vagina is, you know, sensitive as it is. Exactly. But, um... Alright, I think since we've talked about the... The, um... The logistics of impaling, I would do a little of Caligula. Um... So, as I mentioned earlier, Caligula was 24 when he started as emperor of Roman Empire. Um, one of the things that kind of was interesting, like Caligula, like, uh, all the emperors before him, and like all the great men who had been in power in Rome before, they were generals, or they had been generals, they had been senators, often one the same, because in Rome, your politicians and your army guys were the same people. And so they had experience in politics, they all had experience in military stuff, whereas Caligula didn't, you know? He was just handed it. It's like, hey, here, absolute power, twenty-four, take it. You know, he didn't. He did nothing to earn it. You know. Yeah, no. And like Rome, all the plotting and backstabbing, and scheming they did. You learn how to maneuver. You learn how to govern. You know, and all that. You proved your worth, that you were fit to rule because you were. You had survived. You know. Whereas Caligula, like I said, I mean, he did some political maneuvering, but not enough to warrant this much power at this age. But when he took over, um, he was actually pretty decent when he first started. Um, he started like uh, he returned some of the elected positions that the emperor, the first few emperor, had uh, abolished, and they—I mean—they didn't do anything. They were just ceremonial roles. But it made the people feel like they were doing something. Um, and he also showed the people like how 
their tax money was being spent. You know, he's full disclosure on that. But then again, though, the one of the first things he does is uh, he he gets real paranoid. So any any potential threats around him, he has killed. He has his father-in-law killed. Uh, Macro, the guy who is his biggest ally, he has him killed. There's a fly in the room. Kill it. Um, Macro's wife, who was Caligula's mistress, mm-hmm. he accused her of being a prostitute. And out of shame, she killed herself. Yeah, she was a prostitute because she was fucking him. Yeah. And Caligula uses his powers like, you know, to do anything he wanted. He like you know he would he would constantly attend like the gladiator game. So what he would do is you know hey let me play, let me fight. Like you know the emperor what the fuck you want to say yeah go on, fight. And so like you know he went to a fight with the gladiator. They told the other take it easy on me. He's the emperor you know. But the guy takes it easy on him. Caligula kills him because the guy's just taking it easy you know. <laughs> and what Caligula would do is here we go. He would demand sex from anybody. People on the street, prisoners, you know, senators, even members of his own family. He would have sex with his sisters and his wife at the same time. This sounds like an ideal version of your life, doesn't it? He would sleep with many married women, and this is something I want. To, this is I, this is horrible, but it's also some of the most gangster shit I've ever read in history. He his, his first wife he divorced her. He what he how he finds his second wife is he goes to these people's wedding. And right as the wedding's starting, the bride's walking down the aisle. He looks. He's like, okay. He stands up. He's like, hey, this is my wife now. He tells <laughs> the groom that this is my wife now. <laughs> and like I said, he's the emperor. What the fuck you want to do? So he walks off. That lady becomes his second wife. Hey, this is my wife now. Like, can can you imagine being able to do that to any chick you wanted? I don't know. I mean, it, it's it's fun to joke around with that, but that'd be kind of that's very scumbaggy, you know. Honestly, it, it is. It is. Yeah, I don't want to be a serious to, you? to your fantasy. I'm sorry. Hey, I'm the emperor. What the fuck are you want to do? I just shit in my pants. <laughs> Clean that shit up, cause I'm the emperor. I walk into your house. Hey, then I point to you. This is my <laughs> wife now. Oh god, yeah, I would kill myself. I, I see what they're talking about. Yeah, the shame. <laughs> you but, would, you would allow yourself to be called a prostitute. <laughs> I've been called worse. Um, and then, as I mentioned earlier, like a lot of the elected officials in Rome were ceremonial. Yeah, you know, they're just titles. There was this old, there was this title from back when Rome was a republic called the consul, and the consul was equal to like a president in today's terms. They were the chief executive officer. Um, back when Rome was Republic. But, na- like, consul at this point, since they had an emperor, the consul was virtually useless. Like I said, all you did was you just had the title. So what Caligula tried to do is he tried to make um, Ignatius the consul. And here's the thing about Ignatius. Ignatius was the name of Caligula's horse. <laughs> he tried to have his horse appointed as consul of the Roman Empire. <laughs> Okay, this guy is just he's like a cartoon character. I know. But um It's and, like this this is my wife. My horse is my is my entire council. Yes. But even though it didn't go through with 
Ignatius being consul. Caligula still had him ordained as a priest. <laughs> this horse could marry some motherfuckers. That's what I imagine. Like after Caligula stole the second wife, he had his horse marry him and his second wife. You know, <laughs> the horse makes the horse is instructed to do two clicks if uh, <laughs> if he pronounces a man and wife. <laughs> or yeah, like. Why did he just took a shit? Yeah, that's his sign that we're married now. <laughs> He's eating oats. He's eating oats. <laughs> you know what that means? That means the prenup's official. <laughs> um, so, you know, that happens relatively early into his reign. But by 39 AD, um, this point, he'd only been emperor for like a year. People really started to get pissed off with him because, you know, the guy. Because he's insane. Yes, obviously. And so, you know, people's not just the people on the street, the senator, the Roman Senate, especially the Senate, you know, they had, they didn't have as much power now. They were kind of useless, but they still were very influential, very powerful people. So when Caligula found out about the Senate not liking him, what he did was he took the Praetorian Guard and he marched to the Senate. He's like, all right. Each and every one of you now are enemies of the emperor and the Roman Empire, and so he began began like this long this this not long but this reign of terror on Rome, where he would torture and kill anybody he felt like. Um, <laughs> when one man protested to being arrested, Caligula walked up to him and cut his tongue out. He made families attend. Um, he made families attend and watch as he tortured. Their fathers, mothers, and brothers, you know. He's like the Joker. <laughs> yes. Um, and he would he would often like eat eat dinner while people were being tortured. He'd watch, you know, it was like a dinner and a show for him. <laughs> he would force senators to um, compete and die in the gladiatory games. He would often one thing I also heard do he like on his chariot, he would have a rope. And he would um, tie like senators to by like their waist and necks, and take off and and force them to run to keep up with them, you know. <laughs> and since they fell, they were drugged, you know, till they died, they were drugged. But um, damn you, Ignatius! And accusing them of treason, because um, he was paranoid shit, he exiled all his sisters, and he put his brother-in-law to death. <laughs> now he, ex- he exiled all of his mistresses. <laughs> But there's no like real, you can't. It's hard to get a, a exact count on how many people he killed during this time. The records are sketchy, but he definitely put a dent in Rome. Yeah, certain. I would I would say so. Um, and speaking of reigns of terror, <laughs> this is gonna be a fun fight, I have to say. Um, Vlad, as I mentioned. You know, Vlad's first act was to just wipe out all the nobility of Vlekia. Yeah, he made them build his castle, and then he impaled them. Yes, exactly. Insult to injury. Um, and so when he took over Vlekia, like at the time, Vlekia was corrupt. Crime was rampant, and it was just there was no unity. So he, what he did was he united them by fear. So he ruled the he ruled the country with like the, the one of the most strictest moral codes you've ever seen. Okay, um, okay, okay. Just a minute. Mm-hmm. One guy is ruling through insane tactics where he does everything that he wants and kills anyone that he wants. 
another guy is ruling by bringing people together through fear. Yeah. Does this sound kind of familiar? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, we we may or may not have just done a month about this, but Oh no. No. <laughs> it's the Joker and Bane. <laughs> or I meant, would be Bane. No, I meant Batman, but Oh. Okay. But Oops. yeah, I I thought cuz I'm sorry, when I think of Batman, although he's Vlad and Dracula, I don't think of Batman when I think of Vlad, you know. Yeah, so that, Batman never impaled a motherfucker. Yeah. But, like I said, the moral code that he set up in Valencia was very extreme. Like, they caught you stealing, they cut your hand off. Um, if a man was lazy and wouldn't work, um, they would beat him half to death, you know. Oh, shit. Thank God laws like that aren't. <laughs> exactly. Um, if a woman was found that she committed adultery, they'd skin her alive. Pretty harsh. I, uh, yeah. Yeah. I'd say so. Um, but now I've got this idea of Skinner Live. I've got this idea of Vlad the Impaler as, um, Buffalo Bill from Silence of the Lambs. He's tucking it in. It puts the lotion on the skin. Goodbye, horses. <laughs> yeah, but to prove his point that, you know, people were afraid of him, um, there was this story that, like, in the ta- in every village square in Vlekia, there was this expensive gold cup that sat in the middle of the square. And people were so scared of Vlad and what he would do if they caught stealing. None of those cups were ever stolen during his entire reign. They were that afraid of him, you know. <laughs> they even touched the cup. And naturally, crime and rebellion and stuff like that, they were seen, you know, I mean, during his reign, they were at an all-time low. Yeah. Because, you know, you don't want to fuck with this guy. No. Nah. No. Um, when, what's interesting is that as cruel as he was, it sounds to us, he was cruel even by the standards of the time, you know? Yeah, I would I would say so, though. I don't know. After hearing about Caligula, I'm yeah. kind of... <laughs> I don't well, know who's I, worse. I think that with Caligula is, is, is bad as it was, I think Vlad, just on such a large scale, because one of the stories that supposedly like his own pregnant mistress come to him and uh, he grew tired of her so he had her disemboweled um he supposedly collected 24,000 severed noses from defeated enemies 24,000 noses severed noses the fuck you gonna do with 24,000 noses um make it like a what a shitload of Groucho Marx masks (laughs) um you know it could make a decent doorstop you never know 24,000 of them Maybe maybe, he, maybe he has a lot of pillows to fill, you know. <laughs> I don't know, maybe, but um, the legend about Vlad was that he would eat dinner surrounded by dead people he had executed, you know, people who impaled, and as he ate, he would dip his bread into bowls of his victims' blood, and he would drink you know, their blood with his meal, yeah. and that, you know. You can, yeah, you can see where the Dracula connotations yeah. come up. That's where that comes from. But um, there was a story that uh, one time Vlad was eating with this Polish diplomat who'd come to see him, and he was they were surrounded by these dead bodies, and it, the smell was so bad, the guy couldn't take it. He's like, "Please, can we go somewhere where there's air circulating? I can't stand the smell." And Vlad was like, "Okay, 
and he snapped his fingers. His guards come in. They brought in uh, this tall wooden stick and had the guy impaled. <laughs> he was, but he was impaled. It was so tall that he was impaled above all the bodies, you know. And as he was you know, up there, Vlad called up, said, "Hey, you know, did, did you smell any bear from up there?" <laughs> and he continued to eat, you know, with the guy dying, you know, on the pole. Oh my god! And as fucked up as this was, he was praised throughout the rest of Europe, and he was even praised by the Pope at the time. <laughs> and the reason why is because, as bad as he was, he was a Christian who was fighting Muslim Turks. And so wow. the enemy of my enemy is my friend, you know. Yeah, because he mean, was he was killing all the right people for the Christians, so you know he was seen as a hero. I mean, I guess you can make an argument if you're not like, if you're not in Wallachia at the time of this, and you're not like subjugated to his rule. Yeah, you can kind of see like the fact that he keeps crime at an all-time low. You can kind of see that as like a benefit. Yeah, you can see it, what he's doing is effective, even though you know it's fucking horrible yeah it i mean and, and there is something that he does um there are two things that he does that kind of add to his legend but um in 1462 um he's fighting the ottomans at the edge of Valachia's border the danube river which it flows through eastern europe and into germany i believe um and so even though the ottomans they had more people with their bear equipped Flat, you know, they were on their home field turf, so they knew the turf well, and they were able to push them back. And you know they killed a bunch of them, and they're only minimal casualties for Vlad uh, and his people. So what the Sultan did was he sent two ambassadors to Vlad's camp to negotiate a, a peace with him. Um, the ambassadors came in; they had on these hats. They weren't—I'm not sure if they were turbans because I'm not—you know—the custom. I don't want to say turbans because. I know not all Muslims wear turbans, and some that do is different, you know. But <laughs> wait, you're worried about offending a <laughs> you're worried about offending a well, people. Well, listen, Muslims don't play around, all right? Yeah, they take serious. So, yeah. but um, but here it is: the Muslims they had on their hats, and Vlad said, "Hey, you're doing those hats on?" He's like, "This part of our religion, you know, we can't remove them." So Vlad was like, "Okay," snapped his fingers. His men came in, and they nailed those caps to their heads and he's like tell the sultan what i did what I, what you've seen and tell them there'll be no peace he sent them on their way with nails sticking in their heads <laughs> so wait so wait did he not want any peace simply because they refused to take off that no, he didn't want any peace anyway i mean they just gave him a reason to do something horrible that's what i think with vlad and Kaliga, there's been debates about both of them they're mentally ill or what? I think they're just evil motherfuckers. I'm sorry, both of them. Yeah, they're just evil motherfuckers. Means like you know, but I digress. Um, so when the two ambassadors went back, the Sultan seen this, he got pissed. So what he did was he ordered a full charge of his army, even though, like I said, Vlad's army was very like you know they knew the train better. The Sultan had numbers, so they had to run. And so what he did was as he ran. Vlad just weighed lace to Vlekia as he went. And he burnt down farms. He poisoned whales. He did this to slow down the Ottoman army. Because this massive army, you know, as they marched, they needed to get food from the nearby area. And if they didn't have any food, they were fucked. Yeah. You know? So it's sort of like a scorched earth policy. That's sort of, you see, 
that in a lot of wars, you know, especially with the losing army. That's what they do. But um, he slowed him down. He managed to get back to his castle and his fortress. And the Ottomans sent in the first wave to deal with him. So what he did was he managed to beat him and from his fortress is well secured. So to send a message, Vlad and his men, they took the dead bodies. They took the wounded. They took any living prisoners they had found. And they had all of them impaled. All 20,000 of them impaled on the border of Valachia, where the Ottomans would cross. And the second wave of these Ottomans, I just imagine, like, they ride up on their horses. Fudge was dropped. Let's just say that. And they see this, it's a forest of dead and impaled bodies. Just as far as the eye can see. I just, I mean, as much as, like, you know, I've seen, like, the closest I can come to is... And I think we've both seen like pictures from Second World War and the Holocaust. Just how horrible those things are. But just something on this caliber. I just can't wrap my head around how this would look, but Yeah, I you know, people do talk about Hitler and he did commit mass genocide. But it was a lot cleaner. Yeah, and not only that, but it's like most of that was his lieutenants. Yeah. But what Vlad, yeah. Vlad seemed like he would have gladly went out there and done it himself. Yeah. And needless to say, when the Ottomans come upon these 20,000 impaled bodies, they turn around. They, <laughs> you see nothing in them but asses and elbows as they run. That's all you see of them. Yeah, again, I assume fudge was dropped. Yes. Um, <clears throat> so with that, I think it's a good point to go to Caligula. Let's talk about whereas we've seen Vlad in war. We haven't seen Caligula in war. He's he wages war on his own people like a motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, he can he can beat up on some fucking Romans now, but in 40 A.D. after his you know after he's sent Rome on his head by terrorizing him, his right hand man is his horse. <laughs> he decides like all right you know I'm an emperor, like all the past emperors of great men in Rome they've done. They've conquered. They've went out. They fought the hordes. They fought barbarians. They've done stuff for the legacy. I haven't done that. So what he does is <clears throat> he mounts up a legion. So he intends to go to Germany, modern-day Germany, to you know fight the barbarians, much like his father did years before, to try to follow in his footsteps. But when it comes to this, Caligula ain't Germanicus. And he has a few brief skirmishes with locals. <clears throat> and eventually... After a pretty hard-fought battle, Caligula finally retreats. He retreats, and what they do is they go from Germany across to where modern-day France is and Gaul and all that. And so they sail to Britain. They go to the shores of Britain, and they go to the English Channel, and they make it to the beach. And what Caligula says, he orders all his men to collect seashells on the shore. And they get the seashells, and he's like, all right, good job. Let's go. So they get in the boats and they sail back to, and they go back to Rome. You know, the proof of their quote-unquote conquest of Britain are the seashells. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like I said, this guy, when it comes to when it comes to beating up on defenseless people and is using his guard to torture people, he didn't hesitate. But when he fought armies and people who could fight back, you know, he was a bitch, <laughs> big time. Kind of sounds and, like what we would be like if we were <laughs> exactly. mad tyrannical leaders. Um. And so he goes back to Rome, and he gets on, as crazy as he's been before, he kind of goes even crazier because he calls himself, 
he he declares himself a god pretty much. He says he is the reincarnation of Jupiter, who is the Roman version of Zeus. And he's like, I'm a god, so build me a temple. You know, and he orders that there be these statues built in every temple and stuff in Rome. And the decision to declare himself a god pisses off a lot of people. You piss off the pagans, you piss off the Jewish people, even like the small sect of Christians who were around this time. Christianity was a very underground movement at the time, but these people, like, he, he's declared himself a god. You know, it was an affront to the gods, what people felt. And this was one of the many straws that broke the camel's back. So in 41 AD, he's finally killed. When members of his family, the Senate, and his own guard, who were assigned to protect him, kill him. Like, he's le- he's leaving, like, a play or something. And they all get together, and, like, they stab him to death. They just gang-stab him. Yeah. And, um, and as he dies, Rome is, they breathe a sigh of relief. Even what happens is the senators, they see what a bad idea it is to have an emperor. So what they try to do is they try to abolish the empire and try to set it up as the old republic. But unfortunately, um, at the end of his life, maybe he had a hand in the murder. We don't know, but Caligula's uncle Claudius, um, he manages to get the army and the Praetorian Guard to back him, much like Caligula did you know, a few years before. And he uses the power play, and he becomes the emperor. And so, you know, any hopes Rome has of going back to the Republic it was, it's now destroyed. And so, the people of Rome, they tear down all the statues, all the pictures of Caligula, and they tear down burn. his wife's killed, um, I think his children are spared, but pretty much anyone who is in favor of Caligula and was in coach with him, they're murdered. And all told, his violent reign lasts a grand total of three years and 11 months. Damn. He does all that in that time. <laughs> wow. I, I mean, you know, there are worse ways to live. <laughs> yeah, well, there are a lot of fucking better ways to live, too. <laughs> yeah, clearly. I mean, well, the, I'll only, say the only worst way I really meant was Vlad. <laughs> yeah, um, and speaking of Vlad, as I mentioned earlier, uh, Vlad, those 20,000 bodies he put on the poles they said scared the shit out of the ottoman empire i mean they didn't know they were so scared they didn't know what the fuck to do i i mean clearly you know even listening to it it's terrifying i know just so what they do is eventually someone in the ottoman empire volunteers to take him the only man to do the job and that is bradu vlad's brother now a turkish general he goes off to fight his own brother. Vlad? And, My brother? Dun dun dun. Um, but he manages, you know, I mean, you know, put up a good fight. Like, like I said, I mean, if you get over the fear aspect of it, Vlad was very outnumbered, and he manages what well, Radu and his forces managed to take on Vlad's forces, and they drive him all the way back to Castle Dracula, and they surround it. But. Vlad had like when he the, when the castle was built he had secret passages put in it, escape routes and stuff. And with the help of some like some local gypsies, um, he escapes uh, the Turkish forces before they come in and sack the castle. But the thing is though he's he's not even he's not in the woodwork yet as he's running. Uh, he comes across some Hungarians and they capture him. Oh dear God! 
And, so, and yeah, he he has not been the kindest to them. No, but here's the thing though: he spends twelve years in prison. Um, while he's in prison, Radu is um, he was he takes the throne. He is king of Wallachia. You know, if he was made king in the first place, none of this would have yeah, happened. You think so? Um, and so Vlad and the Tur- the hung- Hungarians imprison him for twelve years. You know, he's in. You know. But something happens. Radu dies. Um, I tried to find out the exact cause of death, but I have a feeling he just... I think he was sick. It, you know, he wasn't assassinated or poisoned or anything. He just naturally died. I mean, this is like... You know, this is what 1470 we're talking about. So, you know... Yeah. Motherfucker gets a cold. Yeah, modern died. medicine wasn't exactly up to par back then. Um, so, Radu dies. And it starts all over again. You know, the Turks say, you know, all right, we're going to take, you know, we want Vlecky again. And Hungary said, no, we want it. So what they do is they take Vlad out of jail because they know that, you know, the Turks are coming. There's only one guy we know who can stop him. It's kind of like, um, like, I'm trying to think what would be a good comparison. Like, um, I think, was it uh, Demolition Man? Do you remember? With Yeah. Yeah. Just like, like that, you know, like some, a greater, you know, something's coming, you know, there's only one man who can stop it. <laughs> Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> Sylvester Stallone is Vlad the Impaler. Oh, no, you're Dracula. So they let him out, and um, they want him to reclaim the throne. He reclaims the throne, and he prepares nationally for war against the Turks. That's Vlad's thing. That's what he does. Killing Turks and paling people. That's That's what he's about. If he... He was running for office and he had a platform. That would be his platform. Um, Anti-Turk, pro-impaling. But um, the thing is, though, when he gets back, all the people of Vallechia, they remember how life was under Vlad. And they're not ready to do that again. They don't want to do that shit. Yeah. Um, so what happens is, like, he's only, like, two months into his reign. Like, he's in a skirmish with some Turk, like a small skirmish. But he was killed by, you know, someone. It's not clear. Like, some people say the Turks hired an assassin. Some people even say his own men killed him. Um, the exact causes are not certain. But what is certain is what happened afterward. After he died, the Sultan's like, all right, I want proof, concrete evidence that this asshole is dead. I don't want your word. I don't want some piece of paper. I want proof. So what they do is they cut off Vlad's head. They uh they dip it in honey to preserve it. They drive a stake through his heart. And <laughs> what they do is they send it to Turkey. They send it to I think at this point, uh, Constantinople, Istanbul, whatever you call it. Yep. Um, Istanbul is Constantinople. This Istanbul is Constantinople. Um, whatever the seas call it this time, it's the capital. And so they send it to the, the capital to the Sultan's palace. And it proof that he's dead, you know. And so what they do, the Sultan, you know, after he sees it, he's satisfied. They take his head outside, and they place it on a stake outside the palace. And so in the end, Vlad the Impaler ends up impaled, impaled on a stake. Irony. And, you know, while, you know, history knows him as this cruel man... Most people in the world know him as, and for a better, you know, not a better, but, you know, as in a different context. In that, you know, years later, 
four hundred plus years later, Vlad, his myth, his legend, is used as inspiration when uh, British author Bram Stoker writes a novel named Dracula. Or I can't. It was. It was Dracula. Was was there like I know like you know Frankenstein had like uh, subtitle you know Frankenstein a modern day Prometheus. I didn't know if was it just Dracula. No, it was simply Dracula because um, I remember when they tried to do Nosferatu. That was a that was an entirely made up title for that movie. <coughs> so yeah, I I would say Vlad was definitely an inspiration for Bram Stoker. <coughs> definitely. I mean. <coughs> Excuse me. The last name, the region, and you know even the methods, like I said, the drinking of the blood, you know. Um, and also I didn't think about it, but the impaling with the wooden stake. Yeah, you know, I, I didn't put that together either, but yeah, and also the fact that one of the many ways to kill a vampire is by cutting off your head. Yeah, um, yeah, that's true. I didn't think about it either, but um, <coughs> so yeah, there we have it. We have. Caligula and Vlad the Impaler. Um, Holy shit! <laughs> That's all I have to say. Two of now, as much as I say, like like I said, I like these. I like to do common themes. Yeah, there's a pretty common theme here. Uh, well, you know, like like I said, like I almost consider this like a redo of the first episode with Stalin versus Hitler, asshole versus asshole. But instead of instead of asshole, sadistic fuckheads versus sadistic fuckheads. Yeah, yeah, I would, I would definitely, yeah, you can almost say it's like, whereas Hitler and Stalin was asshole versus asshole, this is like worse asshole versus worse asshole. Yeah, well, I would say that the scale of, like, the scale of death, Yeah. with, with Hitler and Stalin are much more higher than with, uh, with, um, what you call it, with Caligula and Vlad, but the thing is, the method's so different, like I mentioned, the Nazis, when they did the Holocaust, they, most of the time when they mass killed, they used poison gas, you know, and so you died there on the spot. It was, it was clean, it was efficient, you know, it's very German, like you're very, you know, they had like an assembly line. I mean, it's horrible to say that, but they did that. They had like they made death and mass murder efficient. Whereas with Caligula and uh, Vlad, they took time and relishing the bloody gory details in it. That's what they liked, you know. Yeah. And so, like I said, we have both men here, you know, in the middle of the historical fight club this time. All right. And now I think we should go over the physical <clears throat> attributes. Um, so this thing, like, I tried to look at physical attributes, but I, the best I can tell you is, like, from what I read, like, Caligula was, he was kind of kind of tall and, like, skinny and kind of gangly. Hmm. Like, he wasn't very, like, uh, he was tall, but he wasn't very physically imposing. Like, to give you an idea, like, pretty much, like you said, you've watched some of Caligula. The way Malcolm McDowell looked in that, especially, like, if you look at, like, Malcolm McDowell, the way he looked in that movie, mm-hmm. and, like, you look at the statues they have of Caligula, he looks, he's pretty spot on as Caligula in the looks department. Yeah, he is. But, um, Vlad, they're not really certain on his height and stuff, but I have a feeling he's probably average height, which back then was probably around six feet, maybe. Yeah. So both men, I would say both men of average height, average build. Maybe Vlad's a little muscly because you know, he battle builds up muscle and stuff. So yeah, and he and pay, he is hard work. Yeah, he didn't run like a pussy compared <laughs> to Caligula. Yeah. <laughs> Go back and proclaim himself. You know, I am Jupiter. 
Tell talk to my horse. He can he can verify that. Pegasus. <laughs> okay. So I guess it's down to the actual battle itself. Yes. Battle. Now, one thing we like to do is we like to talk about like, you know, where would this be exactly? Hmm. Well Caligula of course ruled over Rome. Yes. I don't, I don't know. It's like it's it's hard because I imagine Vlad's territory was a little smaller by comparison. Yeah, it was a lot smaller. Um, and uh, you know, Valachia was a more mountainy place, whereas like Rome was you know a lot of flat land and stuff. Hmm. Um. Oh, I got it. Gladiator Arena. Yes. There we go. I like that. All Perfect. right. It's. It's Vlad Tepe's versus Caligula. In the Gladiator Arena. Joaquin Phoenix is there. For some reason. <laughs> he's just he, there. He's not dressed up as like the guy from Gladiator. He's dressed up like he was when he was doing that crazy stuff. <laughs> All black with a bushy beard and the sunglasses. He's rapping. <laughs> Casey Affleck's filming him for some odd reason. Yeah, all of the Romans are really enthralled. <laughs> and Russell Crowe's standing behind him asking, Are you not entertained? <laughs> Somewhere Malcolm McDowell is smiling. <laughs> um, but, um, so yeah, um, well, so like I said, both men, very sadistic. Both men got off on pain um, of others. Absolutely. But I would say that one thing definitely is in favor of Dracula is that he actually fought in battles, you know. Yeah. Yeah, and not only that, but when it comes to... Caligula's reign of terror, a lot of what he did was he had people killed or killed yeah. themselves. Vlad had people fucking tortured. Tortured to the point of starvation yeah. and death. Like, from what I can tell about Caligula, like you mentioned, like you mentioned like how Vlad was very... Like, you know, if he didn't have his army, he was going to impale 20,000 assholes himself. <laughs> it didn't matter. If, I mean, if army or not, he was getting that shit done. Whereas with Caligula, like, you you, know, you take away his guard, you take away his money, his power, his wealth, his influence. What is he? I mean, he's just... He's a, he's a ranting, raving lunatic in the corner. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he is nothing without... I mean, his, like, he had people done, like, he had people killed, you know, but I just didn't, he didn't seem like he'd be the type to get his hands dirty. He was one of those, you know, people like that, little shitheads. Yeah. Okay, so, with that in mind, first of all, how do you think this fight goes down? Well, like I said, um, naturally, we'll say that they're both one-on-one, because sometimes, like, we've included armies in the fights. Yeah, and just depends. For this, I think they're sadistic enough to warrant just being a one-on-one fight. Yeah. Um. So if there's no armies in call, I think the the edge just goes to Dracula, just because one-on-one combat. I mean, like Caligula had fought one-on-one combat when the gladiators, like like you know, I told you, you know, the gladiators were told expressly not to go all out, you know, not to hurt him because he was mm-hmm. the emperor. Yeah. And so his whole life, you know, he had never had a it, the only time he had had a straight up, decent, you know, fight, he ran from. <laughs> and then he was mass stabbed. Yeah, <laughs> I think he lost that one. Call me crazy. Yeah, well, here's how I see it going down. 
I agree with you about the outcome, but here's how I say it going down. They meet in the arena. You know, Vlad Vlad has his impaling spike. He's wearing hand. he's wearing a cape. He's got like the widow's peak, like um Bella Lugosi's Dracula. <laughs> I'm Russian. <laughs> uh and you know, Caligula's there, he's dancing around in frilly robes and togas. Um so Vlad goes at him. And Vlad, of course, you know, he looks like a mean motherfucker. I mean, have you seen a picture of this guy? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, he looks crazy. He's got crazy eyes. Yeah, and not only that, but he's got, like, that insane mustache. <laughs> exactly. I mean, he's, he's like, if someone took, like, the crazy eyes of Blackbeard and put it with the crazy facial hair of William Bedford Forrest to reference our last sort of fight club. <laughs> and... Okay, so I imagine he goes directly at Caligula. And Caligula, not only does he kind of piss himself, but he starts running, screaming yeah. like a girl. So they chase each other. You know, they run around in circles. Neither neither of them think to, like, stop and just, you know, cut off the other. Uh. But they run around in circles for a couple hours. Then finally, <laughs> finally Caligula trips, sprains his ankle. Vlad gets him and impales him. But since he, since he doesn't kill him, Caligula still has the upper hand of being able to call out an order. So in comes his horse. <laughs> oh no, the wild card. <laughs> his horse, the chamber of council. The horse comes up and bites Vlad on the balls. <laughs> well, <laughs> he's a, don't forget the horse is a priest though. He shouldn't, I thought you know, he took, it, it was in the, it was in the name of God. It was in the name of God. <laughs> uh, well, okay, I was going to say, because, you know, that might violate his oath to be violent. Well, well, think of it. Um, the horse could have been a Christian. Well, Vlad sure. was a Christian, but... Yeah. Let's just say the horse was a Muslim. Yeah, yeah, or the horse was, like, one part of the Turkish Empire or whatever. You know, maybe he had dealings in a whole bunch of things. We don't know. You know, as, as, the, mm-hmm. as the prime chancellor of Rome, you know, we don't really know what the horse had dealings in. But the horse comes in, you know, he bites Vlad on the balls. Vlad um, slices him open, drinks his blood, and essentially Caligula manages to get in one good shot. You know, he, he takes, like, one of the uh, tossed out over uh, metal spikes, or the wooden spikes, and stabs Vlad with it in an ironic twist of fate. But here's the thing. Vlad, as he is known, rises from the grave. And oh, a no! Oh, no! <laughs> he kills Caligula by ripping his head off and sticking it on a stake. And he he leaks the blood from the stump. Yeah, and then he goes on to fight Jonathan Harker and Abraham Van Helsing, and they kill him. So, you know, <laughs> problem solved. He bangs uh, Mina, Nina Murray, or Mina... Damn, what the fuck was her name? Yeah, Mina Murray. Mina, okay. I can't remember if her name was Mina or Nina. Yeah, it was Mina. But uh, And then, don't forget, all this is happening while he's being played by Gary Oldman. Yeah, exactly. So, it's Gary Oldman versus Malcolm McDowell. It just comes down to that. And that in itself is hard, because Gary Oldman is Gary Oldman, and Malcolm McDowell is Malcolm McDowell. I mean, yeah, you can't make me choose, man. <laughs> you know, one was one was Alex, and the other one was Sid. And one, of course, was Jim fucking Gordon. 
Of course, but Malcolm McDowell was Metallo. Hmm. Jim Gordon, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> You're biased. All right, but yeah, I would. I think it's safe to say by the end of it, Vlad won. Yeah, um, I, I do like your. It almost played out more like a wrestling match. <laughs> the ball biting horse and the rise from the grave. I kind of expect your Ric Flair to show up with the folding chair. Well, you know, you know, Vlad. Vlad does kind of look like the Undertaker. <laughs> yeah, his eye. He even he rides around on a motorcycle with like a long <laughs> coat. It's going to be a six feet under match. <laughs> That's what we need to do. That's what the next will be. Hell in a cell. <laughs> we need to have a wrestling theme. <laughs> so, yeah, for this one, we will declare the winner, Vlad Tippus Dracula. Indeed. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I think it's safe to say that we're back in action. Yes. We got another historical fight club under our belt. And we managed to make plenty of references to vampires and talking horses. Talking horses, um, incest as well. Don't forget the incest. That's always important. Oh, yeah. There was plenty of incest. Um, you know, tongues being cut out. Yeah. All, 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 I think it was a good day. I'd say so. I think one of the things that I was really excited to do this episode just because, like, when I read, when I was reading up on both men, just some of the, the drama and stuff from reading it. Because, like, you know, hit, I think history gets a bad rap as being boring. But, I, this this wasn't boring. I have to yeah, say that. That's what I'm saying. I think history can be born if it's written a certain way, if it's presented this other way, a certain way. It can be born, but I do like to think you know maybe I, I'll be honest. Maybe not, I'm not a professional historian, so you know. Well, well, here's the thing though. I cannot see a world or a or a scenario where Vlad Trippi's him impaling 20,000 men on the like on the edge of his homeland. I cannot see that being written in a way that's boring. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, that's what I'm saying. History is interesting. Like, history is, I mean, you, you look at some like some of the best TV shows, some of the best movies, you know. They don't have shit on history because uh, history is violent. History is, you know, uh, well, it, intriguing. It all came- well, that's the thing. It all came from history. Exactly, and but and, and like I said, it's all violence, all it's all violence, sex, intrigue, and it's all real. Mm-hmm. M- more importantly than anything. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You're not going to find any of this in a comic book because you know. It, it find in a history happened. book. Exactly. So go to your local library, uh, read up on these crazy, crazy bastards. Or else be impaled. Be impaled and have your bride be taken from you at your own wedding. Yes. Blah. All right. I think that's a good place to wrap it up. Yes, I would say so. And this has been the latest installment of the Dork Knights. Tune in next week. Same MB time, same bird channel. Blah, 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 blah. With their mission accomplished, these glamorous figures vanish as suddenly as they appear. That's something you mentioned about like him being rich and having all this training. That's something me and my brother are arguing about after we saw The Dark Knight Rises with the whole stuff with John Blake. Because mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, but the point of Batman is that anybody can be him. He's like, no, nobody, not anybody can be Batman, you know, because, you know, you, not everybody's a billionaire with tons of training. I was like, I, I meant figuratively. 
I don't mean that any, you know, I could be Batman. It's just the fact that, you know, Batman represents all of us. So I was trying to say, he's like, yeah, well, you're stupid. I was like, yeah, well, you were adopted. <laughs> you were the abortion that lived. Yes. I don't, I don't know. Like, I see sitting both sides of it. Like, yeah. I see what you mean, I see what he means. Like, I think Batman does represent all of us, but at the same time, it takes a certain type of person to be yeah. Batman. <laughs> but I'm saying, like I said, yeah, he's just, you know, like, what, what you call it? Like, I thought they summed up pretty well in Dark Knight Rise, where, you know, everybody appointed the Batman by not acting, you know, by letting things in Gotham City get so bad. Maybe like with uh, Harvey. Yeah, like we well, like what Harvey said, yeah. And then he went up and shot up a couple people. Wait a minute, wait a minute, I saw about something. Didn't we spend like a whole goddamn month talking about Batman? And it's still not enough. <laughs> it's still not enough. It's never going to be enough, <laughs> goddammit. Bat month number two will happen. <laughs> Let's start it up now.